What's going on, everyone? This is Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Huber, and I want to welcome you in to this specific episode on Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, today, when I talk about Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm going to talk about a few things. I saw it on the weekend. I saw it on Saturday, and uh, it was good. I really liked it. It was a three-hour and 26-minute movie. It was an absolute haul of a movie. I took my drinks so carefully. Each one I took so carefully. And the reason for that is I just didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom and miss anything. It was not one of those movies. It was definitely not the type of movie that you go to and you leave to go to the bathroom and come back and expect to sort of pick up where you left off. I personally thought that it was very close to boring at a lot of points, but the pacing was phenomenal. It was so good. The pacing kept me engaged. Every time I was just about to be bored, it kept me, you know, sort of in it. There would be some kind of a, you know, heavy scene that would sort of bring you back into what was going on. And um, yeah, what was going on? Uh, It made me quite ashamed to be a white man, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it is our heritage and our um, ancestors, if you will, that, uh, God, they were just awful people, man. It was awful. Like the Osage, man, such a, such a beautiful, beautiful people. And just like the, the, the way they dressed and the way that they were sort of the style of the sort of money that flowed through the Osage, um, in Oklahoma, it was, it was really captured in this movie. And, uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought for, for what the movie was, I thought the Osage were sort of, they were taken advantage of by the white people. And the reason that the white people were taking on such, um, such interest, let's say, in the Osage was for their birthrights, for the money that came with their families. And eventually, like, they showed clips of poisoning that were happening. There were murders out in the forest, like, just terrible, terrible things. And um, I thought that De Niro and DiCaprio did a really, really good job in this film. Like, when I tell you that it's a couple of guys talking that's what it is it's a couple of guys talking for the majority of uh of their scenes and you know leo does a really good job because he is a snake he is an absolute snake in this film and um you know i went with my friend zane and um he was saying that he was saying that he was not expecting the character to be uh what it was um I thought that Leo's character was, he was well thought out. Like Leo did a good job sort of prepping for this role because he sort of had this, he had a real distinct look to his character. Um, Ernest Buck, Ernest Burkhart, sorry, Ernest Burkhart was who Leonardo DiCaprio played in this film. And uh, yeah, he's just sort of this shell of a man, if you will. And Leo does such a good job with it because his 
partner in this, Lily Gladstone, she was phenomenal. I think that, and she played Molly, his wife. And she, I think she should have a real good look from the Academy on this. Because I thought she stole the show. She really did. Her lines were great. She, her acting was phenomenal. And she's just beautiful. Just overall beautiful and fit the, the Osage. Um, like the way they garnished the women and stuff with the different cloaks and different blankets and things like this. It was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful um, look and Scorsese seemed to capture that very well. I have to give a quick nomination um, for best sort of five minutes in a movie to Mr. Brendan Fraser. I was like the whole movie. I was like, I swear to God, I saw Brendan Fraser in the trailer. Like was Brendan Fraser not in the trailer for this film? And then all of a sudden, boom, the lawyer comes up and he's got a real big entrance. His voice goes way up and it sort of wakes up the audience in a way and I I really enjoyed Brendan Fraser in this movie Jesse Plemons another honorable mention he was also kind of later in the film as he played the FBI um, uh, officer essentially who investigates these crimes these missing Osage uh, men and women and yeah throughout the film we see the murders we see certain aspects of the murders that were confirmed through the trials um between 1918 and 1930-something, I believe it was. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that era of time with the, you know, Leo, Leo calls, Leo calls his, uh, his cab that he drives a bucket. He said, he's just, he's just borrowing my bucket. You know, I like that. I like the way he talked. I like the way that the driver, um, the way he dressed. I like Leo when he wore his his uh his driver's outfit and that's how he obviously meets his uh his wife to be and it is a true love story like no doubt in my mind the way that this movie is filmed the way that martin scorsese has captured uh ernest burkhardt and his wife molly i thought that that was a true love story it truly was i believed she loved him i believed that he was just sort of man he was a dog for his uncle he was an absolute dog for his uncle. And what brings me to the uncle of Ernest Burkhart is uh, Robert De Niro's character. Robert De Niro in this. This was the first film I've seen Robert De Niro in in a while that I thought, damn, like that's a good performance, man. Like he, he works so well with Scorsese. I love all of De Niro's films with Scorsese. From Goodfellas to... Um, to taxi driver you know what i mean like these these films these two have been together i, I saw a picture that uh, scorsese posted of him and de niro standing together and i can't remember what the exact tally of films was but uh it is up there um and again he shines in this movie there's some beautiful beautiful shots that martin scorsese um has in this and back to De Niro, he played William Hale. And William Hale was the mastermind behind these murders, essentially. And it was different. It was different listening to De Niro do sort of a, a real southern accent with the Oklahoma. Um, that's, where, that's where it uh, takes place, obviously, is Oklahoma. And he really has that southern draw when he talks. You know, it was just like, I thought De Niro did a really good job. And he was funny in this. He has moments where, like... This guy is an absolute villain. Do not get me wrong. William Hale is an absolute villain and it is a tragic story. It is an 
awful, awful story. And I thought that uh, De Niro did a really good job just playing, quite frankly, a piece of shit. Um, yeah, it was... I really, I really enjoyed aspects of the film that sort of bring us through the romance of Ernest and his wife, Molly. But from the beginning, we see that Molly has diabetes. And in that, she's getting injections of insulin. But as it progresses, as the film progresses, we start to see that, like, there's more added to this insulin. Like, they're poisoning these Osage women. She lost all of her sisters. She lost all of her sisters, Molly did. They were all murdered. And then her, ultimately, she was poisoned. And then the way that it's portrayed in the film, she comes back um, from the poisoning when they actually get some serious help for her at, like, a normal hospital. You know, there's so many uh, corrupt white men in this movie. And uh, Scorsese does a really good job of... He didn't glamorize any of the murders. You know what I mean? It just felt like... It felt awful. Anytime there was a life taken in that film, it felt awful. And it... But at the same time, he was very respectful he was respectful in a way of how he went about it. I thought, because there are some horrible, horrible things that happen in this film. And in any Scorsese film, I find that he tends to gravitate towards violence, gore, whatever, you know, he like, that is what brings him off the, off the page onto the screen. He focused more in this on the shots of Oklahoma. I thought, I thought there was a lot of really beautiful shots of the Osage women, uh, standing in the fields with sort of this this gorgeous skyline, you know. They'd be out there in the morning, you know, praying or whatever. It was, uh, there was a lot of great moments in the film. And like I said, it is, actually I have not said this yet, but it is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, just for the simple fact that it is three hours and 26 minutes. And yeah, it's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of monologuing and there's a lot of, sort of the pace of it, you just feel like you're in that story for the amount of time allotted for these sort of murders to take place, etc. And we sort of get Ernest's story and William Hale's story um, through the eyes of Ernest. And, you know, I think that William Hale, De Niro's character, that character, we meet him when he's already doing the things that we don't know he's doing. And then as it progresses, there is just this unmasking, if you will, of just how terrible of a human, like you suspected almost the whole movie. And if you, if you researched uh, the movie beforehand, you can see the timeline and how things sort of played out for William Hale. And how, like the dude lived till 87. Like he just went about his business after this. Like he did get, like he went to jail and all of that, but still, it was just, it's an interesting story. It was a captivating story. Um, and I, I just, you know, it made me really grateful. It made me grateful for all that I have here in my life and, you know, where I live and what I'm doing and the time that I'm living in. And, you know, it's just, and not even that, I just felt like significantly bad and sad for human beings watching this you know what I mean like we're all human beings 
and just watching the inhumane things that these people did to the Osage. Um, it was just, uh, it was gut-wrenching at times. That's a good way to describe it, gut-wrenching at times. Um, like I said, though, like, there's a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio stuff in this where I felt he put a lot into that character, a lot of thought into the character, because it would have been really easy for him to just be sort of, I don't know. Leo, whenever Leo takes on a character... I feel like he always develops some sort of a quirk, some sort of a tick, some kind of a look in his facial expression. He always changes something up, and I think that's why he is such a good actor. I struggle with uh, the way that Ernest went about his business. I struggle with the fact that Ernest was in love with his wife, Molly, or so it seems. And there is a sort of like, there's an empathy that sort of sits with me when I watch Ernest, when I watch Leo play Ernest, because he does such a good job at playing this sort of like dum-dum at times. I find him to be quite dull and quite, you know, doffed, if you will. Um, and he was just, he was like coerced by his uncle. He was just completely manipulated at the start. And I truly believe that he loved that woman and uh, in, in seeing that. And um, yeah, you know, ultimately he came clean and he tells the truth. He tells the truth and he, uh, he does the right thing in the end. And uh, it's still, he's still a snake and I still dislike the character overall. I just thought Leo did a good job with his facial expressions, kind of creating the character that was earnest. Um, and obviously, William Hale, like, De Niro, in the, in the trailers, when I saw De Niro shaking hands with uh, the FBI agent, or when I saw, he looked sort of like a mob boss, so I expected the same old style of, like, De Niro being sort of like this boss character. And he was exactly that. But like I said, there was a humor to, to his character, excuse me. And there was, I don't know. I, I found there were certain moments in the film where De Niro just absolutely stole the show. He really did well with this character. And you know, he's an old man and, and Scorsese's an old man. They still got it. And I thought it was a nice touch that at the end of the film, Scorsese... Um, he comes in and reads a small piece of Killers of the Flower Moon and um, just sort of reveals the truths of the unsolved murders and stuff. Um, it was powerful. It was powerful seeing him at the end. I enjoyed seeing him at the end. Because um, it's cool. Like, I don't know how many Scorsese movies we're going to have left, you know. And I talked to Zane uh, before the movie. I talked to him about... Um, about Scorsese and about, I said, what was the last Scorsese movie you saw in theaters? And he said to me, he's like, he's like, I don't know that I've seen a Scorsese in theaters. And I, cause I asked him if he, he had seen Wolf of Wall Street and uh, he said, no, he hadn't seen it in theaters. So that was my last one. And that was what, 2014, 20, yeah, 2014 or so, 2013 maybe. Um, 
And that was probably the last time that DiCaprio and Scorsese linked up since this. And I would say that this is probably Scorsese's most without a pulse movie. People compared it to Gangs of New York, like the style of Gangs of New York, and I agree with it to a certain extent with the pacing because it's just so long. And at times you're sort of, you're waiting for the next the next big thing to happen. But the monologues and the dialogue between the characters and the, the straight up acting from these guys and girls and everyone involved. Basically, it's a film that like I appreciate as a movie watcher because when I watch these people, I'm just like mesmerized by the conversation. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's like it takes me away from maybe some of the noise in the theater or maybe there's a fan on that has been bugging me or, you know, whatever the case is. When these people start talking on screen to each other, it is without a doubt some of the best acting that you can expect in these types of movies. And it delivered. It really did. I looked up the scores on IMDb and like people are giving it like 8.2. I think it's sitting at like an 8.2 or an 8.3 right now on IMDb. And obviously Rotten Tomatoes, the critics loved it. I have not seen the audience score for it yet. I'm curious because like it grossed over 44 million just over the weekend. And it, I don't think it quite dethroned T-Swifty there uh, with her uh, eras tour. I got to see that too. That would be a cool experience. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really good. And I've always said that I would go see Taylor Swift. Of course. Of course I would. She's like a superstar. And she puts on a good show. And the Eras Tour seems to capture that is what people are saying. So I know my wife wants to see it. I want to see it too. Um, I'll have to make some time to go and see T. Swifty. Um, one of the trailers that we saw beforehand... I wanted to talk about this too. Joaquin Phoenix coming out in Napoleon. And holy smokes, does he ever look good in that film? Like, I'll get into that. Like, that'll be a movie I review for sure. Um, Ridley Scott's newest is what it is. And, you know, Ridley Scott, famous for the, for the alien movies. And uh, he directed one of my all-time favorite movies in The Martian. And I really enjoyed his style um, in that film. And I'm going to enjoy Napoleon for sure. You know, it's obviously going to be a tough watch because it's going to be violent. But at the same time, it could be really, really good because it's quite the story. And he was quite the tyrant. And I want to see what Joaquin does with that character. And I hope that Ridley Scott captures a really cool... Um, version of Napoleon um, without well I think you know and I think this movie will push some boundaries it looks like it's going to be quite the film um, Vanessa Kirby's in it you know she's got a, a glorious little scene in that trailer and uh, I think too that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to go through some stages as Napoleon like it won't just be in one time period as Napoleon it's going to show his full rise to the top and uh, yeah, 
looking forward to that one. The other one I'll mention is the Hunger Games prequel that's coming out. Um, can't remember what it's called. Something about the snake. There's a snake involved, and it is obviously uh, a prequel in the sense that it is Snow's story. Um, and if you don't know the Hunger Games, um, Snow was the character who sort of he leads the Hunger Games. It's his sort of game, and he talks about um, his love interest. And there's like this whole thing with berries, and you know, it's. I'll I'll be honest, I watched the first Hunger Games and I loved it with Jennifer Lawrence and that whole crew there. That was a really good watch. I liked all the other ones. Um, and then I took a break and I, I watched the the last one, which is sort of split into two movies, I believe. And uh, that was sort of, I was kind of put off by the last two Hunger Games movies. But this looks interesting. I really like Snow's character. I like a young Snow. I want to find out what made him so evil you know what i mean like i want to i want to hear his origin story and i think the origin story is probably explained in the books but um i haven't gotten that far i think that's all i got to say to you guys like honestly killers of the flower moon is a solid eight out of ten film uh if you enjoy a nice long um director based film like this director Martin Scorsese, if you like his films, if you watched any of his other films, even I think of The Departed, one of my favorite films of all time, like this isn't quite like those films. It's not on my top Scorsese list. It's worth the watch for the simple fact that it's an important thing that happened that was just a tragedy and just terrible. It was just terrible. And um, I just think it's, it's respectable. I find it respectable when a guy can tell the story in a way that sort of really drives home the message. And that's what this film did for me. Like I said, there was a lot of other things that made me enjoy it, like the, cinemato like the cinematography and like the story. Um, just really well-written, really well-written script. And the acting was sublime. Like Ken in the new Barbie movie, Ryan Gosling, sublime. Anyways, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm going to sign off on this one. I've been Comic Book Movie Guy. This has been a really, really fun episode. I hope that you guys go see Killers of the Flower Moon. If not, it will come out on Apple TV. And I would suggest at least taking the time to watch it and let me know your thoughts. Thanks again for listening to this one, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Osage took their name from Missouri and Osage Rivers. Neukonska. Children of the Middle Waters. Move, said the Great White Father. There are many. 
so many hungry wolves. Can you find the wolves in this picture? Can you find the wolves in this picture?